Welcome to the Jam Session Radio Hour. I'm your host, John Landis. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Last week we had part one of an interview session and music session with Ray Anderson, trombone player and character extraordinaire, head of the jazz study department at uh, Stony Brook uh, College, Stony Brook University, and uh, a member of the, um, of the Hamptons community out here for a long, long time, the East End and really um, a, a fascinating guy. Totally fascinating interview, I believe. And uh, if you heard part one, that's great. If you haven't, you can catch it on the podcast on wliw.org slash radio, which you're listening to now. And, uh, and also, we're glad that you can stick around for this uh, second session with some great music, really interesting and fun. I mean, the way Ray plays the trombone, it's like you are welcoming in uh, a very funny friend uh, to hang out with you for a while. Um, so many different uh, areas that he that he explores with his horn and with others, and he's had a great career. So check him out and enjoy this interview. Remember talking? Well, yeah. Well, that that's that's these are these are major inspirations to me right. that uh, in terms of like, well, well, what do what do I do? You yeah. know. Yeah. I mean. There's no part of music that I don't love, right? But but the question of like, well, what do I do? So I've had these bands, you know. The Slickophonics was that was dance music. Uh huh. That was like funk and dance music. It grew out of a jam session, you know. We started having so much fun playing this. We thought, well, hell, let's get a gig. It was it was during the the uh, the sort of punk time in New York, and there were these little funky punk clubs opening downtown and was like well what the heck let's play a gig one you know and then and then later on i you know i revisited that with the alligatory band which was a that was a fabulous band you know and and it was really about you know rhythm music dance music it was really about dance music so uh, I don't know if you've ever heard that stuff. It's like that's what you should find on Apple Music, right? You know, well, it's all this is, so. This is you know, this is Tommy Campbell on drums and Frank Colon on percussion and Jerome Harris on guitar and Greg Jones on bass and Lou Soloff and I, mm -hmm. and so and a lot of a lot of vocals, right? You know, and all like you know, we we didn't play bebop or you know, it was it was like. You know, it was all exploring rhythm from around the world, and that. So I've done that, you know, and then I I did the, the thing with um with Amina and and again uh, Tommy and Jerome and Lonnie Plaxico. That was this, that blues record thing. It's like that's, you know, that that's a lot about blues. <laughs> it's my blues, but it's about you know. In other words, it's aimed at. It's aimed at something. I love all this stuff, and in the you know in the pocket brass, you know we we play a wide range of stuff. You know, it's like it comes out of New Orleans, you know, inspiration of New Orleans marching brass bands. You know, the great the great bands of, right. of New Orleans, but but that's just sort of where it starts, and you know then I write my crazy ass stuff and you know it's fun <laughs> is, the new, is, is the new orleans 
has there been a lot of New Orleans influence in your uh, career and what you've done and what you the way you play? Yes, it, always in the sense that if I play the trombone because my father had some trad jazz records and and I do not come from a musical family. They were you know they they were not musicians right. you know and or even major aficionados, you know, but there were records around, you know, and my father liked, liked jazz some, he had some jazz records. And in the fourth grade, when the school had a program where your kid could start an, an instrument, you know, you could pretty much they'd try and get you started on virtually any, you know, any orchestral instrument, mm -hmm. you know, like they would try anyway, you know. And, and you you could rent a student model and for a year and the, you know the school would endeavor to give them some lessons and after a year the rental fee was a down payment to buy this student model thing so they made this possible you know in a way that is sadly missing in american education now to a great yeah. extent that's a tragedy but anyway, I picked the trombone because I, I love the way the trombones cats sound, you know, in, in what I used to call Dixieland. You know, they, the trombones are going like, right? I said, well, that sounds like fun. I, I want to do that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
The Jam Session Radio Hour is supported by Bayard Fenwick as a sponsor and underwriter. As part of the Terry Cohen team, located at the East Hampton office of Saunders Real Estate, Bayard is well-versed in the residential real estate market from Bridgehampton to East Hampton to Amagansett to Montauk. Bayard believes there are three parts to the value of a property, land value, improvements made to the property, and an emotional component. You can reach Bayard Fenwick at the East Hampton office of Saunders Real Estate at 631-324-7575. That's 631-324-7575. The Jam Session Radio Hour is also supported by Oza Sabbath Architects of Bridgehampton, New York. Oza Sabbath Architects both designs and builds homes, believing that a well-designed home suffuses our lives with the essential elements of balancing and recharging. Oza Sabbath Architects can be reached at ozasabbath.com. That's O-Z-A-S-A-B-B-E-T-H.com and at 631-808-3036. That's 631-808-3036. You've been listening to WLIW.org. That's 88.3 FM in Southampton, New York, Long Island's only NPR station. You're listening to the Jam Session Radio Hour. This is your host, John Landis, and we are lucky to have to have this uh, part two of an interview and music session with Ray Anderson, who's head of the jazz studies department at Stony Brook. I've come lately <laughs> to jazz, as you can probably tell. It's not. I mean, I've I've always loved live music, but uh, I'm just a rock and roll guy. I mean, I you know just like a lot of American you know people my age. You know, I've grown up on the Grateful Dead and and mm-hmm. and you know and and from mm-hmm. uh, classic music. And I've never and you know, doo-wop too. But then because mm. we did Bayburger and because I went to my son-in-law and I said, Joe, who ran the restaurant, can I have a night to do, to have people do music? And he said, yeah, I'll give you Thursday night. And this was, you know, over 10 years ago and Bayburger, we did it for quite a few years, but then, and I started with Folkies and a mm. blues guy, Jim Turner, who everybody knows from Sag Harbor. Mm-hmm. And then I met this guy, Clayus Brondahl. Yeah, Clay's. Yeah. Yeah. Then jazz came into my life and came into all of our lives, and that that was you know it was a great intersection for me. And then I hear guys like you who like show up and play private you know gigs for the radio station. That gig we did in a house over by Wolfer. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. it's like that was. I don't know mm-hmm. who else was in that band that day. It was it was probably Claire. Was Claire Daly in? I don't know, but certainly. I think Claire Daly was in. Clay Clay's organized it. It was a great band. Wow, that was a great, that was a wonderful band. Yeah. It was, no, no yeah. recording of it except in our memories. And, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, so, um, but I just find with the trombone, um, it's such an interesting instrument. And it's such a kind of a, I don't know, romantic and, and funny instrument. I mean, you are obviously, you're a, a very funny guy and humor is a big part of your life, I think. And it comes yeah. to, Hearing the trombone, I heard in the in the in the uh, our Hamptons Jazz Fest season, Conrad Herwig played at the uh, at LTV, you know, mm. with Alex Sipiagin and a great guitar player and bass player and a great drummer, and I just thought, you know, I I, I was in heaven listening to you, mm. what you do, mm. what you do, and and then I was listening to some of your stuff today, and you you know you talk through your trombone. I mean you. It's the closest thing to talking because of the way it inflects. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's. Now you also sing, right? 
I do actually. Yes, yeah. I do. And and last Friday, um, yeah, last Friday I had the first gig in my entire life where I didn't take a trombone to the gig. I actually had a singing gig. <laughs> It was in church. No, I don't. It, think. Was, it was not in church. It was in Smalls. <laughs> oh my gosh! Tommy, so, Ray Anderson sing. This was this was Tommy Campbell's yeah. Vocal Eyes group, which uh -huh. Tommy has had for uh, some decades, I think. You know, yeah. and and uh, it's two vocalists and a rhythm section with with guitar and piano, bass and 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 Tommy, of course. And um, wow, that was really a challenge for me and did, because did, I had to I, I had to sing like actual you know I sing some but I sing you know I just have my own way with a tune of some kind you know usually something I wrote or I do a standard but but you know it, I I sing it how I want to sing it you know but this required me to actually have some chops which was totally frightening. And, and and it's like it's a good thing we did two sets because second set was better than the first yeah. set. <laughs> but it was wonderful for me, man. I I I really enjoyed it. I'm did gonna keep doing it. The other person, or was it just you? And then another person would take a song, and you take a song. Or did you? Did no, you, no, no. This was there were there were written out vocal harmony. There's two vocalists, a, a male and a female. Exactly. So I was singing with Emma Larson, who's exactly. fabulous. You, you know, choose her, or you were assigned Emma Larson. No, no, no. This is Tommy's gig. And so he has Tommy hired me. <laughs> to say Tommy what hired me. He hired Emma. He hired you know, Jerome Harris again. Was talking about somebody who can do absolutely everything anywhere for anyone. Now the stuff Jerome on the Harris is, the stuff uh -huh. on the is available, right? I mean, don't they podcast that stuff or record it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I have to go look it up. I'm I'm told that it it's it's available somehow. So there's probably it a small website, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there is surely. Yeah, yeah. Th this is available, and that's that's how small survived the the COVID shutdown. Because they were able to do a lot of stuff where the you know the, the musicians were in the place by themselves, and they just broadcast this thing, and they had been apparently been making a kind of archive. Uh -huh. for years of of stuff that people that played there but but then they just sort of kept rolling with that wow, wow that's so fascinating so small cool. of the curve in that regard developing stuff virtually that you could access virtually yeah and then when the pandemic hit they just used that to keep going yeah yeah and then as soon as it was possible to to put you know, five people in a room together, and yeah. you know, no. Then they, then they did. They kept going. You right. know, it's like you okay, did when you played with uh, the Hamptons Jazz Fest at the church, um, mm -hmm. ironically called the church, which is really an art space. Yeah, church in Sag Harbor. But it was a church, so it it, it was a church. It was a Methodist church. That's right. Yeah. So and then yeah. they moved. I actually across the street from Bay Burger. They took a. They built a Butler building there, ah. but they didn't make it. The Methodist, you know, hierarchy ah. uh, pulled the plug on them because they just. I guess they weren't getting enough people. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's a, a whole nother travail. But yeah, that's a beautiful building. The church in downtown Sag Harbor, the village of Sag Harbor, 
and you played there. And I remember, I think you're saying this was one of the first gigs you had been doing live gigs coming out of the pandemic. I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. Now tell that's us about that true, Cause that was last, let's see, when was in that? In July or August? It was last summer. It was, yeah, yeah. August, I think. Mid yeah. yeah. But it wasn't one of the first, I, I came yeah, to that. That's right. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's, your, your drummer yeah. was like, walked yeah. away from the kit at one point and was drumming on the wall and, and you said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. said, and, uh, and yet, you know, you, we had at that, uh, we had Wally Smith at that show who was Dr. Wally Smith was the executive director of the radio station where this is being heard. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Retired. Oh, but he came and uh, yeah, he was, he was enthralled. That was a good night, right? It was a good night. And that was the pocket brass band. That was the pocket brass. That's my, that's my main working thing at this time is the pocket brass. We're yeah. still doing a lot of that, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, there, there was, there was a, so this new record that we have came about this way. We had a tour with the Pocket Brass in Europe in March of 2020. And it was right at the time when COVID was exploding around the world. And we have two weeks or so of totally booked up work in, in Europe. And we're trying to figure out whether to go or not or what, to, you know, what to do. And we wound up going because, well, none of the gigs had said, don't come, we're closing. You know, everything was still open. Everything was, but it was right at that moment where, you know, all, all over the world, people were realizing, well, they had already figured that out in China, I guess. They had closed Wuhan. But um, we went on tour. We played the first gig, which was outside of Berlin in Germany. And that night, the whole tour fell apart. Wow. The whole tour fell apart. It was like, for one thing, our benighted president announced that the borders would be closed mm -hmm. on Friday. Mm -hmm. And this is, the gig is Wednesday night and we're in Berlin. Yeah. He didn't mention that the borders wouldn't be closed to Americans. He just said, they'll be closed. Yeah, yeah. So everybody in the band got panicked phone calls at 3.30 in the morning saying like, okay, well, I just heard that you have some 36 hours to get your ass back here in the United States, or you're going to spend the pandemic in Europe, you know? So it just created this huge panic and, um, and, and it was such a mess because we didn't have plane tickets. And of course there instantly were no plane tickets. And it, I mean, it just created a giant, you know, road story. But yes. the gig was recorded by Radio Berlin, <laughs> who are excellent. I mean, with a serious multi-track mobile truck, awesome. you know, yeah. and, and, um, and we had a really good, that one gig, everybody was so happy to be out playing. And we had a fabulous gig, man. I mean, we had one of those. How can people find this recording? It's uh, it's out on uh, intuition is the label. Okay, intuition. I should I have to send this you. Is, this is what you're talking about when you're talking about one of these new albums. This is the new album. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you. 
We should be able to find this online, right? Yeah. Look, look under, oh no, look under Double Moon Records. Double Moon Records. Double Moon Records. Right, but is there an online platform, Ray, where you put your stuff on, like, you know, Soundscape and all these different platforms? I'm a, a, a winner of worst businessman. <laughs> Every year, I'm, if I'm not number one worst businessman, I'm number two or number three in the worst possible businessman contest. Uh -huh. I, I win every year. So no, you my shit is totally raggedy. I don't even have a website. I had a website, it went down. I have yet to recreate another website. Well, you know, I have a little, I do have a little, uh, what do they call it? Band camp or band camp. Yeah. Okay. Bandcamp. I, I do have a Bandcamp site, but there's, you know, most of my stuff is not up there. There's a few things up there, but most of my stuff's not up there because my publicist guy, that guy, that Ray Anderson, that publicist of mine, he's terrible. Yeah, well, get that. that I'm going to get this and then we'll put one of these, some of these cuts on, uh, on, on yeah. uh, for sure, because Raphael will love this. Yeah, you guys have to, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy with it, man. It's like it. it you know, it. It was one of those magical digs. When you recorded it, right? Were you thinking this is going to be an album? Was that absolutely not? We were playing the first gig of the tour. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> okay, we're just tour. You would you would arrange like you know some really excellent uh, recording, and but so this just happened to be a really good one because it was, it was radio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? It, in fact. 
on that tour, we even had a gig that was in a studio where they do a, I don't think they're doing it anymore, but it was down in Switzerland and, and um, I made another record there some years ago. It was a wonderful man. It's in a recording studio and they invite an audience. Mm -hmm. So they have this very, very good sound stuff. They have all the good mics and the good, right. you know, and you go in there in, the, in early in the afternoon and set it all up like you were going to record a record and, you know, and then you record the record live with an audience. But you also have the luxury of having recorded some of the stuff in the afternoon without the audience. And even after the gig, you know, they'll let you like, well, if you really want to like make a one more pass at something or else, you know, we can keep the place open for another hour or something, you know. So we had one of those lined up, but, but the, like I say, the whole thing fell apart. So you were, at the beginning, you said you've got two new albums. There's, there's this one, this one come in with the podcast. Yes. What's the other one? The other one is, um, is called marching on. Okay. And it's solo trombone record. Okay. Oh, that's solo trombone. Okay. Solo trombone. And I, and I, I, I did it, uh, with my partner here, Steve Salerno as engineer. And it's, uh, is, is recorded, actually at the jazz loft we should talk about the jazz loft i recorded it at the jazz loft actually but not with an audience it, you know we just went in there in the afternoon and and recorded this thing and um yeah that's a realized dream and what label is that on is that on a label none yet we're none. open to suggestions okay so, I'm getting my incredible business team to just tackle this right away. Yeah, John. And, and <laughs> there is, so there's no way right now that you can hear marching on until. Well, I could send you a, a link or something, but yeah. it's not, it's, it's not commercially available at this it moment. Although actually there, I did put one track on my band thing, on my band camp thing. And what track is that? It's the the title cut. It's called "Marching On," okay. and it's the first tune in a suite dedicated to John Lewis. Okay. So it's called "Marching On." It's blues for John Lewis. Oh, awesome! And I'm going to write a whole suite for for John Lewis. So we got to bring this thing a little bit to a close. Uh, we could do this um, obviously indefinitely. It'd be so wonderful. But I wanted yeah. to talk. So we've talked about the two albums. I want you to talk about the Jazz Loft, what you do at Stony Brook, and like kind of what's going on these days. And also your December 17 uh, thing coming up at the Jazz Loft because that's got to be, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. one of the highlights of the holiday season. So tell us about some of that stuff. Okay, so December 17, I'm playing with my quartet at the Jazz Loft, which is this incredible venue that has opened here in Stony Brook, New York, out on Long Island, that is a museum and a educational place. There's a lot of teaching and stuff going on in there and a performance place. And believe me, it's like nothing you've ever seen. The founder and president of it, Tom Manuel, who's a fabulous trumpet 
player in his own right. And, uh, and I met him because he was a student of mine. He got a doctorate uh, studying with me from Stony Brook University. But he, um, his um, proposal for what to do with this building was accepted. There, there's an organization that runs these buildings there in Stony Brook, New York. And they, this place had sat empty for a bunch of years and they solicited proposals. And, and Tom and I, I worked on this thing also. I'm the vice president of the Jazz Law, so I'm quite involved in it. But it's Tom's, it's Tom's work and it's just, you can't believe it till you get there. It's chock full of incredible stuff, like amazing stuff. Like there, just for example, there's two huge chandeliers which hung in the building that eventually became Irving Plaza at, at 14th and, and uh, whatever it is, 14th and Irving Place in New York. That was a big, that was a famous ballroom there. The bandstand, there's a bandstand made up for big band. The wood of the bandstand is from Roseland. Oh my gosh. And there's a, you know, there's a spotlight from Roseland is in this place. And there's all kinds of instruments and pictures and, and a huge archive of music. Yeah. In there. It's really amazing, man. And a lot of this is Tom's collection, right? He's been doing this. This is Tom's collection and his and his leadership on this thing. It's just amazing. And and you know Oh, shut up. What is that? Quiet. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> um yeah, no, it's 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 really it's an incredible place yeah, and a beautiful place to perform. Like and the you, sound you, in there. you do this Christmas thing, this holiday thing every year. Every year I do a thing and, and a bunch of things. I do a bunch of different things there over the year. But there's music there, you know. They have a jam session night, which is what, Wednesday night? Their jam session? Jam session every Wednesday. And, uh, and different things happen. Thursday is always a big band. Yeah. And then Friday and Saturday and sometimes Sunday, there's all different things happening. Different people come out. There's different series and stuff. They always do... For example, coming up, there'll there'll be three nights of the Duke Ellington Nutcracker will get performed by the by the Jazz Loft Big Band, you know, which is which is Tom's band, really. And, um, yeah, it's just you got to go to the website and check it out. I'm telling you, that it's amazing that this place schedule a regular schedule. Yeah, and it's affiliated with the university, so you know, I'm the director of jazz studies at at Stony Brook University. And and Tom is also like has a, a little part time position at the university. So so that, you know, it's not part of the university, but but it's affiliated. And now my students, my doctoral students give their jazz recitals, their degree required recitals at the jazz loft wow. because it's the perfect place to play jazz, whereas the the classical recital hall in the university is not the perfect place to play jazz, you know? It's just sonically, it's not, it, you know? And at the Jazz Loft, there's a whole incredible, beautiful backline. There's drums, PA, amps, you know, everything is really top shelf in there. So it, it's, uh, so we have all this stuff and the, the there's a 
there's a jazz loft pre-college uh, jazz program now that's been going on for some years that has you know turned out some amazing players so that's how people sign up kids come every saturday do this stuff they do an outreach also for folks that are um you know wheelchair bound or in you know inhibited in in other ways so then there's some special night day, days usually because they need a daytime when people come you know we play jazz for them and stuff there's all kinds of stuff man it's amazing tell us about um uh, your jazz studies program uh, at stony brook like is this a program that pre-existed you did you develop the program um, uh, it, it definitely pre-existed me yeah yeah but i've been there now since 2003 okay so i'm the i'm the longest running director of right. it and uh and i'm happy to say it has expanded over my so who, who goes into the jazz program who in the jazz so program? i'm i'm responsible for everyone who wants to do anything at jazz so that includes the undergraduates and the and the graduates and stony brook is not of known as a big undergraduate jazz school or even music school period you know stony brook is part of the state university of new york and they divided up some of the responsibilities like if you go to to purchase as an undergraduate and you want to study like film scoring or studio thing or jazz or some there's a much bigger faculty and and cohort there for you than at stony brook but Stony Brook is the premier graduate music thing in the in the SUNY system. So um, the the graduate music school at Stony Brook is incredible, and the people teaching there are incredible. I'm the lone jazz professor, right. so you know, so it's a very small program. But over the last years, an increasing number of people have been coming and getting doctorates or master's degrees uh, studying with me. And it's just wonderful, man. We're, we're just having a great time. It's wonderful. I've been getting fabulous students. So it's a shout out here to anyone out there who, you know, feels like, well, I need to get that piece of paper. You know, it's like, it's possible to, to do this at, at Stony Brook. And um, it's been really wonderful. I have usually about, six or seven or eight folks that are or sometimes a, a little more depending on what stage they're at who are getting doctorates studying with me and the way we study is we all play together okay and we all write music for each other and then we all perform it together are most of these people also in other i mean i guess it probably varies but some of these people are in other bands at the same time but they play with oh. yeah you know, most of the people I get are fully in their careers. Really? They're not, they're not coming right from... They're not like undergrad... Sometimes, yeah, I know some of them are, some of them are like, people come often from, from Queens, say they get a master's degree in, in jazz at, at Queens. Yeah. And then, hey, your picture went off. Yeah. And, and, then, um, and then they come and get a doctorate with me. But a lot of folks are you know 40 50 years old have, have vibrant careers are doing it you know but right we need to do something else you know or, or get get some accreditation or just learn something new or whatever you know yeah. so yeah so 
Well, Ray, that's awesome. Uh, you are an incredible individual. Um, we got a little bit of a glitch going on there. I hope we recorded most or got most of that. Um, but uh, yeah, kudos to what you've done in that, and and big shout out for that program that you're doing at the school at Stony Brook, the jazz yeah. program mm -hmm. at Stony Brook. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm going to turn off record now, but thank you so much for doing this, what you've done with us, and hang on, okay? And thank you, John. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Okay, just hang Wonderful. on. Well, that was really interesting, really fun. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying these interviews. Please let me know. Uh, send me uh, an email. Reach out to uh, jlandis1948 at yahoo.com. And uh, give me some ideas for uh, other things that you'd like to listen to. We have more interviews coming up with some great people. Some people who participated in the Hamptons Jazz Fest and others uh, who have not, but uh, per perhaps participated in the jam session. Ray Anderson did do a concert this past summer at the church in Sag Harbor. The art church started by April Gornick and uh, her husband, Eric Fischel. And it's a marvelous place. And if you haven't checked it out, please do. Um, it's a it's a real asset for us here on the East End and, and uh, a new cultural center, community center, uh, and a great institution. So I want to thank them, of course. I want to thank Ray uh, for being such uh, a, a really interesting interview and such a great guy, such a great musician. And uh, I want to thank, of course, Clayus Brondahl, our music director, and uh, Rafael Alvarez. Take good care, Rafael, and thanks so much for all your help, our sound engineer. I want to thank Silvano Monasterios for the use of his tune, Tropical Mirage, for our intro and outro. Of course, our underwriters, Oza Sabbath and Bayard Fenwick III. Thank you guys so much. And I want to thank all you listeners once again, um, and uh, also WLIW and their station, WLIW at, uh, at ORG slash radio. Thanks so much. For all you guys, please take care of yourselves. Continue to hang in there for jazz. Live jazz is the best. We have something come up on, coming up on December 17 that you will want to check out, and that's at the Southampton Art Center. Uh, I think it's going to start uh, around 7, I believe, and it's going to be uh, Lou Tobacken. And uh, it's going to be a great night of jazz, of live jazz, at a wonderful place, the Southampton Art Center. Go onto their website, um, uh, Southampton Art Center, and you can see more about it. And uh, we're asking for a, suggest a suggested donation at that for, of $25. And there are going to be uh, times when you can mingle with the musicians and with others. It's going to be excellent. All right. Once again, take care of yourselves. Good night.